It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I don't want to talk about Saturday's game. Like, like, there, like there's got to be, there's got to be something else that we could talk about on a Monday to get us ready for the week. There's got to be some type of news around here somewhere that, uh, oh, oh, the news we've been waiting for, perhaps, maybe, probably, could be. Jonathan Isaac is back, almost, maybe. Yes, I think so. Let's get to it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 23rd, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. When I come the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic have officially upgraded Jonathan Isaac to questionable, which is certainly a prelude to him getting back on the court on an NBA court, not a G League court, on an NBA court, as it appears he is set to play Monday night against the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about uh, how Jonathan Isaac did in the G League and what to expect now that Jonathan Isaac is back. Plus... Yeah, we are going to talk a little bit about Saturday's game against the Washington Wizards. We'll go over the final box score, of course. But really, I think the big thing coming out of the loss of the Wizards is the disappointment in the Magic and why that's ultimately a good thing for what this team wants to accomplish this year. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic are hinting at some very good news. We can't say it officially yet. We, you know, if, if, if I'm hemming and hawing, it's because we've been burned before uh, by the great questionable um, paradox, but or whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to call it that. Um, but the Orlando Magic have officially upgraded Jonathan Isaac to questionable on their injury report for Monday's game against the Boston Celtics. This is the important prelude that opens the door ever so slightly for him to return. As Kobe Price of the Orlando Sentinel reported, um, 
Isaac is expected to be available and make his season debut. His first first game in more than 900 days, first NBA game in more than 900 days, Monday night against the Boston Celtics. Just from a personal human being standpoint, I am just over the moon excited uh, for Jonathan Isaac. Um, it has been a long, long journey, not more than 900 days, and and that just really puts it in perspective how long it has been since we've last seen Jonathan Isaac on an NBA floor. He has not been in front of fans since January 1st, 2020, uh, when he injured his knee in Washington, D.C. Uh, he came back in the bubble, of course, where there was no fans, um, but this is, this is a long time coming, and this is a really, really exciting moment, and a moment that I hope Jonathan Isaac is able to absorb and take in and get the full effect of. I am so happy. I fully expected that he would make his return at a home game so he could get the love from the crowd. Uh, it is going to be a sellout at the Amway Center on Monday, no doubt, because the Boston Celtics are a hot ticket. There are a lot of Boston, uh, former Bostonians. In Orlando, there will be a fair amount of green that the Magic will have to fight and take back. Uh, but... This is a, a huge moment for Isaac and one that is so deserved. There's been a lot that's been going on behind the scenes with Isaac. A lot of people who questioned him um, for things that were not in his control. Uh, and so to have him back on the floor will at least silence some of that and, and just help Isaac, help everyone get back to that simple act of playing basketball. Um, obviously, a lot has happened in, in our lives, in, in the world's lives, in Jonathan Isaac's life, since the last time he stepped onto a basketball court and, and had what is surely a release for him. Because at the end of the day, we all started playing basketball as a game, not as a job. Um, it was a way to relieve stress, to do something fun. And, and this thing that was fun, that is so that, that, that was important to, to him in his life in some respect, was taken away. And so to have him back on the court... It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter how long he plays. That's going to continue to build. That's going to continue to get better, uh, to, 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 to add on and, and do more as he uh, gets more comfortable on the floor. This is just a big and good moment. And I, I for one, cannot be more excited for him. The fact of the matter is, though, that Jonathan Isaac is a pretty darn good basketball player. And while we don't know yet how long the Magic are going to play and to play him for, we don't yet know how, how what his role is going to be and, and how he'll ultimately fit with this team or even how much he can do on an NBA floor quite yet. Um, we know that he can still play basketball pretty well. He went down to Lakeland Magic for three rehab games, including one in Sioux Falls on a road trip, and, and really played well. You, you would not have thought that he was out for two years, for almost three years, three whole years, um, from the way that he played. Um, he was active, he was engaged, he was physical, he was a presence in the paint that, that no one wanted to deal with. And yeah, teammates might have been trying to feed him the ball a little bit, but he took it and ran with it. I, I said this while I was watching Isaac during these games, and, and I just want to continue to highlight this point. I did not care so much about Jonathan Isaac's stat line. Average 15.7 points per game. Two, blo uh, two blocks per game, about seven rebounds per game, shot 41% from the floor, only one for 12 from beyond the arc. That's not the stuff that mattered to me. What mattered was that Isaac was willing to take on contact, 
showed no ill effects from uh, from being out for so long or from the knee injury. He looked like Jonathan Isaac. The only difference is that, you know, maybe he got fatigued a little bit faster. Maybe the game was a little quick for him at times, even at the G League level. But you could still see the kind of impact he could make. And he's going to build up that timing. And again, it's going to take a while, guys. So, uh, so you know, don't expect him to come in an average five stocks per game like he was back in 2020 uh, when he was playing at his absolute best and was in, online to be Defensive Player of the Year, or, or uh, at least on the all-defensive team. He's not going to do that immediately. You're going to see hints of it here and there. But he's not going to do that immediately. Instead, what we're going to see from Jonathan Isaac is a guy who... Instead, what we're going to see is a guy who shows hints of what he can do uh, and is just going to be out there to play, to make some kind of impact, some kind of positive play, and hopefully find his rhythm sooner than later. And so I would say, you know, yes, he's going to get the standing ovation. He's going to get the applause on Monday night or Wednesday night or whenever he does make his return. These early games are not going to be about his numbers. These early games are simply about him being on the floor and having that presence and being and just being a player once again. His stats do not matter, and they're not going to matter for a while. Even under normal circumstances, returning from an ACL, it takes you a year to get back to where you were. Clay Thompson had a very different injury, obviously, towards Achilles, but Clay Thompson would tell you that he's probably not back to where he was before the injury, and he's still working to do that, working to get there. And so give Jonathan Isaac some grace period. Give him some slack here. He's going to be out there. He's going to be playing. But it's really just being out there to play. And really not a whole lot more than that. It's really exciting, though. Um, I, I, I cannot deny that. I am really excited for J.I. as someone who's been around him a little bit. Um, you know, that he is... He, this is a really terrible thing that has happened to him uh, that he has had to work through and grind through and try and find a way out of. It, it, you know, at least publicly, he has been unrelentingly positive, and that is that is certainly something that I think uh, you can certainly admire about him. Um, it's it's going to be really exciting to have him back on the floor, and I, I for one, cannot wait, and I can't wait to talk to you, all of you about it uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic as as we recap how things went down in Orlando, at the Amway Center against the Boston Celtics. That's going to be a nice reprieve. That's going to be a nice aside. It's going to be a nice storyline to follow. But the Orlando Magic themselves have their own story to tell and have had a really bad game Saturday night against the Washington Wizards. That game's not the important thing. The result's not the important thing. It's the reaction that I saw from a lot of fans. It's frankly the reaction that I had to it that matters a lot. We're going to talk about the Magic raising their standard coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. Look, uh, uh, there are so many daily fantasy games out there. So, so many. Most of them are pretty plain and boring. You know, it's like your typical ro- Rotary League, your typical games that you play with your friends on a much bigger scale. The salary cap can be confusing. Even the point totals can be confusing. What you want is a daily fantasy game that is simple, straight to the point, easy to understand, and frankly, gives you a great chance to win. That's why you should play Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. The way this game works is you pick two to five players, even two to six players actually, um, and project whether they're going to score more or less than their projected number. 
So if you think Jonathan Isaac's going to score more than 10 points in his debut, uh, I imagine his number is not 10. You could probably bet more. You could probably say he will score more than that. If you think that the Magic are going to hold Jason Tatum to under 30, you say he'll score less than 30. It's really that simple. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available, and that gives you a better chance to win. Best part is PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college basketball of both types, men's and women's, soccer, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals are currently operational in more than 30 states and Canada, and they're operational here in Florida as well. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. There isn't a lot to say about Saturday's game. Um, you know, I, I was originally going to record a podcast Saturday night. Um, I, I decided not to just because there wasn't a whole lot I felt like I needed to say. I felt like I could save it uh, for Sunday, get a jump start on things. And obviously the Jonathan Isaac news hit and that changes everything and changes the whole show and, and, and all that. And that's that's a good thing. I, I, don't, I don't mind that happening. Uh, but Saturday's 138-118 to 118 loss against the Washington Wizards was, on one hand, expected. Um, I will advocate this to the ends of the earth, a, uh, a, a home road back-to-backs need to be abolished. The NBA, I will come off my off FIBA goaltending rules hill, move over to eliminate home road back-to-backs mountain and shout from the top of it until that gets changed. And then I'll go back to my, my summer home on, on FIBA goaltending rules uh, 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 cliff or ledge or whatever it is. Um, that, that analogy was very, very strained and I apologize. Uh, but... This was a schedule loss, and I know people hate saying that, and it's not an excuse because the Magic played really poorly even for what looked like a schedule loss. Um, this was a schedule loss. The Magic were always going to lose this game. Um, that's just, it's really hard to win a game with the situation the Magic were, were facing, and, and, and that's that's just how it is, and it's, it's whatever. Um, but again, the issue in this game, and, and a lot of people who hated me for saying the schedule loss argument said this, and I, and I agree with them. The issue with this game was not that the Magic lost. Losing to the Washington Wizards is not the problem. 
It's the way they lost. It was a lack of defensive intensity from the very start. Uh, Markel Fultz and Jamal Mosley both said it after the game. We did not make them feel us. We did not make them. Uh, we did not make them uh, 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 think and try offensively to beat us. They were just able to do it, and we let them. And there was a lot of fouling, and it was just a lot. Just the team was just completely, completely off it uh, defensively the entire night. They were a step slow, which is expected from from the fatigue. But they just were not able to get their physicality going. And again, I think that's part of this team's makeup is they need to be a physical defensive team. But it's not their default. That's something they do have to really work on and, and be good at. And that's what's going to hold this defense back for a little while here until either they get better personnel or they get better at it. And so that was kind of the, the going message is, you know, uh, whereas against New Orleans, New Orleans was able to kind of get what they wanted and, and the Magic were okay defensively, but then they found themselves in the fourth quarter the Magic never found their defense. Uh, this was a game where Washington always kept Orlando at arm's length. They, they got it out to 20 at one point, but it really didn't. the lead really didn't balloon out until late in the fourth quarter. It just stayed in that 12 to 16, maybe 8 to 16 range for most, most of the game. Where the Magic were close enough, if they could figure things out, they could get back in it, but far enough that the Wizards were never really threatened. And this is even in a game where the Magic played really well offensively. They got shots. They made baskets. They were trying to keep pace, and they largely did. They just couldn't get stops to save their lives. But this gets to a much bigger point, because a lot of the conversations that I had after this game talked about things that we've talked about with Jamal Mosley forever. Um, rotation decisions, you know, the like game management, you know, stuff like that. And you know, I don't. I'm not here to criticize that because I, I think that you know there are there is rhyme and reason to this. I don't agree with everything that Mosley's doing rotation wise and, and and playing 11 guys is really tough. And now Jonathan Isaac's coming back, and you got to play him, and that's going to be another guy you got to add to the mix. The Magic need to tighten up the rotations. But I think the really important thing to note is that these frustrations are healthy because we believe this team has taken another step. Let's wind the clock back to the summer. During the summer, we all asked the Orlando Magic, or, or the, 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 the line that the Magic gave repeatedly for the goals for this summer, for the season, were to level up, to level up. Whatever, whatever that meant. You know, it meant being accountable. It meant understanding the details. It meant kind of learning and go and moving and, and, and getting better and just, just having this tangible thing of getting better. And through the first quarter of the season, especially, we really wrestled and, and, and grappled with this notion of what this means and, and are the magic accomplishing this? First quarter of the season was a big struggle. We, we, we saw a lot of failure. We asked this question, well, if they're leveling up, if they're, the goal is to level up, they need to do it. Well, here at the at just past the midpoint of the season, I'm willing to say the Magic have done it. Since December, since December 1st, the Magic are 500. And, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but considering this team won 22 games last year, to be 500 for two months of the season, for you know 30-some-odd games, for nearly half a season, that's a pretty big step up. It means they are winning fairly consistently. It means they are taking some really tangibly positive steps. And this isn't just that they won eight of nine games. Since winning those eight of nine games, since that winning run ended, 
the Magic are just a game under 500. They're staying at that 500 level. Again, that may not be something to write completely home about, but considering where this team was last year, a 20-win team, to be able to say, hey, we're going to string together a few wins here or we're going to go through a stretch where, you know, we're just, you know, essentially the Magic are the stretch where they're just treading water. They're treading water. They're learning how to swim. This is great news. But here's where, like, I think some of the disconnect is. Because now we see the Magic are at this level. They have leveled up. They've accomplished at least this next step. But now we look at this roster and we say, you know what? They're not just ready to level up one step. They're ready to level up a second step. And I think that is a fantastic thing. I think, I love that we're arguing and debating these things. I love that fans are thinking about this team as a postseason, as a playoff team. I've, you know, I still have some fans who say like tank, you know, do all do all that, but I'm just like, no, 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 no. Even if this team fails to make the postseason, to play meaningful games, to 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 to, to come up short tells you so much about what this team needs and how this team takes that next step, takes that next level up, if you will. These are all really, really, really healthy conversations. And to me, they are a sign that everyone is very confident that the Magic have accomplished this basic goal of leveling up. They've become a 500 team. They have a big deficit to make up because the first quarter of their season was so bad. But they're essentially a 500 team. And everyone from fans and frankly players, team, the organization should be asking themselves, okay, we feel we've reached this level. How do we get to the next level? Because being a 500 team is not the end goal. No one should be satisfied that they're just this. Because they can get better. What the Washington game showed me, or or told me, is that yes, Orlando is in a really good place. They've accomplished a lot of really important things. They've developed and grown in some very important ways this season. But they are not at the finish line, obviously. And when you look at this roster when you look at this team, when you look at what this team has accomplished, you know they can do more. Now again, maybe that Washington game isn't the best game to judge things on because it was a tough, tough road trip, a tough turnaround for this team. A back-to-back is tough. The Orlando Magic are 1-8 and in back-to-backs. They give up 120 points per per 100 possessions on the second night of back-to-backs. They... uh, they uh, uh, for the season they're at 114, 113, somewhere in there. So a pretty significant rise. Their defense really struggles on the second night of back to back. So that is something to keep an eye on. The only win they have is that win at Portland, which again was very good win, but very shaky toward the end of that game when they got a little tired. Another a big place that this team has to level up is they have to be more consistent, and they can't let they have to be able to push through some of these fatigue factors and some of the, the quirks of the NBA schedule. And that's again, that's something that this young team is going to have to learn. But we can all see this team can and will take that step. 
Maybe we're trying to jump the gun. Maybe we think this team is at a place that the franchise, that, the, that, that, that management and co- coaching staff especially, aren't quite ready to push their chips into yet. They want to give them some time to kind of feel this level instead of pushing them to the next before maybe they're ready, before you know maybe that'll fracture them a little bit. But these conversations have to be had because this team is very, this team can be very good. We can see the hints and the pieces of what this team wants to be. We can see them mastering this level and, and, they, and they've gotten better. And so the question then becomes, how do you level up again? How do you raise that standard to be an even better version of yourself? Maybe that's what this second half of the season is about. Is cementing the gains you've made and doing a little bit more. We're going to run quickly through that final box score as the Orlando Magic fall to the Washington Wizards 138-118 on Saturday. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But guess what, everybody? We have a new partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Magic, and we're really excited to welcome the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel, our newest betting partner for Locked On. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Look, it's obviously busy time. The NFL playoffs are here. It's easy to get into the action. It's easy to feel part of the action with FanDuel, and it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So basketball fans, don't miss out. Play, place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Please check to make sure uh, that you can access it in your state. I'm not 100% sure that FanDuel is in Florida because Florida is weird like that. Um, but check it out, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
All right, uh, as we always do, we're going to go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic fall to the Washington Wizards, 138-118. to I don't want to completely forget about this game because you, you certainly can learn things from losses. You shouldn't ignore losses, especially bad losses, especially losses that have extenuating circumstances like this one. But it's really hard to find a good good uh, performance or, or find something overly positive to say. Um, look, Orlando did a lot of things they usually have to do to win. They ultimately got to line 24 times. They were 20 for 24 from the line. Um, that was one fewer than Washington. So it really wasn't that. They made 14 of 34 three-pointers. 34 is a little bit above their season average, but they made 14 of them. So they were able to score at a decent clip. They didn't even turn the ball over a lot. 11 turnovers for 14 points. Looking at the box score, you know, again, points in the paint. The other thing that I look for. They were even with the Wizards at 46-46. Just 23 or 42 for in the paint, though, so they missed some shots there. But overall, you look at the box score, it's hard to say why, you know, just looking at a box score, you know, it's hard to say that the Magic didn't do enough offensively to win. So how do you do a lot of good things offensively? A lot of the, sig- the signifiers, a lot of the signals that I look for to tell me that the Magic are playing well offensively, how do you get beat by 20 when you're doing a lot of positive things offensively? Well, you don't defend. And you don't defend with physicality. You don't defend with force. You don't defend with aggression. You don't, you don't defend effectively at all. You let the Wizards get into a rhythm to the point where they're making some tough shots, where they're moving the ball effectively, where they're running on your misses so you're not getting back in transition. This game was just a complete failure of the Magic's defense. Um, the New Orleans game, at least, I looked at their defense and I said, okay, Early on, the Pelicans were making some shots. You know, there was a few turnovers early on too, but when the Magic had their defense set, I thought they were communicating really well. I I could see the bones of like, okay, the Magic stick with it. They get through this little storm. They're going to be able to defend fine. And that ultimately proved to be true with that bench unit um, in both the second and fourth quarters, to be honest. This game, the Magic had no relief defensively. They never found good pockets to defend. And, And worst of all, they let Washington, they let Washington's other players, you know, beyond... Bradley Beal, beyond Kristaps Porzingis, beyond Kyle Kuzma, they let those other players get going, and 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 they were just able to hit shots at will. You know, Rui Hachimura had 30 points off the bench. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had 25, uh, 10 rebounds, six assists, made five three pointers. Like it was just, it was easy shots, and the Magic were just scrambling defensively. They were just not able to keep their man in front of them. It, it was, it was just a really bad game. Um, again, just no force, no physicality. It was just easy paint kickouts. For the Wizards all night long, they worked mismatches. It was just, it was just bad. Um, you know, I, I I think that there were some fine perform fine performances. Markel Fultz, twenty three points, eight for fourteen shooting, three for four from deep, five rebounds, eight assists. He, he was the one really leading the aggression offensively. At least they were able to. He was able to get downhill a little bit. I, I didn't think his defense was particularly good. He's been usually pretty good defensively, but he got stuck on Kristaps Porzingis a lot. It's a weird matchup. Um, you know, just. Just again, Orlando just could not exert their physicality, and 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 Washington's again one of the few teams that is bigger than Orlando. I think that's something that this team struggles with. Um, I've made this joke before. Orlando is not big; they are tall, and there's a difference. Orlando's players do not play big. Um, they can get feasted on by teams that are bigger than them, like Kristaps Porzingis, not afraid of contact, taller than the Magic. He was able to feast on this team, and the Magic really just didn't know how to handle him defensively. And so, uh, you know, if you're looking for things that the Magic need to think about and tweak a little bit, not in-season. I don't think it's an in-season problem. I think it's an off-season 
uh, thing that they got to look at is how do we play some of these bigger lineups? Because as much as the Magic are unique for having two ball handling 6'10 guys, this league is starting to trend a little bit bigger where teams are playing to kind of what we would think of as centers. Like Kristaps Porzingis would probably be thought of as a center before this year. The Wizards have found a lot of success with Daniel Gafford and Kristaps Porzingis next to each other. And it's because Porzingis is able to kind of hold his own defensively and just be taller than most of the fours that he's playing. So he's feasting on them. He feasted on Franz Wagner. He feasted on Paolo Bancaro. He, he got Franz Wagner in foul trouble. He feasted on Markel Fultz in a weird cross-match cross that, that the Wizards had Porzingis on Fultz as well. So it, it this feels like it might just be a bad matchup, but it's a matchup Orlando has to figure out. Um, They have to figure out how they can play big um, with their players. And again, big meaning physical, big meaning attacking the glass, big meaning... Um, big meaning doing big man things rather than just being tall and tough to handle because you're tall and long. Length is not a defensive strategy. Length helps with defense, helps with deflections, but you got to be active, you got to be engaged, you got to be physical. And, and and the Magic have these games every so often, happening in Sacramento, has happened a few other times, have these games where they just get out physical by bigger te- by taller teams, um, which is a rare thing for the, for this Magic group. And they struggled to kind of find themselves. Um, where the bench played really well on, in Friday night's win, the bench was really poor in this game. Uh, Cole Anthony, six points, three for seven. I'll sing, single him out, six rebounds. Um, I thought he was good attacking the basket, but just couldn't finish. So he's back to kind of the inefficient finishing that's kind of characterizes his season. Um, I saw some people criticize Jalen Suggs. He had three points, one four shooting. Uh, I am honestly not hating Jalen Suggs' game. He fouled a little bit in this game. The fouls were tighter, and I think that backed the Magic off. So, you know, he had a couple early foul calls I think the Magic didn't really like, and that backed them off, and that's obviously going to back off your physicality on on that end. So, you know, learning that line of how to defend without fouling, that's a line that Jalen Suggs does not know. He is going all out India, no matter how the ref is calling you, you, and that's got him in foul trouble in this game. Um, But honestly, I I think Jalen Suggs is doing some good things. The shooting isn't there yet, but he's not driving recklessly to the basket as much um, as he was before the injury. That could be something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, that means he's settling down a little bit. I like to see him attack a little bit more, but uh, I, I'm not against how he's playing. He's kind of playing a role where he's a 3 and D wing at this point. Again, he's not a great shooter, so that doesn't really help. Um, Franz Wagner, 20 points, 5 for 11 shooting. Kind of standard Franz Wagner game, 9 for 10. Was in foul trouble throughout the first half. Got himself going, but again... Magic couldn't get stops, couldn't get get themselves out of this funk. Um, again, there there just isn't a lot to say about this game. The Magic didn't have it, whatever it is. They didn't have it. They got stomped because they couldn't defend, and that's what's going to happen in this league these days with how good teams are offensively and how good teams are shooting. The Washington Wizards defeat the Orlando Magic 138-118. to Orlando, of course, back in action tonight against the Boston Celtics. We're going to talk all about that game against the Celtics plus Jonathan Isaac's return on our next episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places that allow podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on the Locked On NBA feed available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts.
That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, it's been full of We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.